0: print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Hey
1: guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Three, two, one, go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show today. My name is John Hudsmith, and this is the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are here today. My goodness, it has been a heck of a week. There's so much going on. Let me check my notes here. Let's see. Uh, Oklahoma State has made it to the Big 12 championship. Uh, by the time y'all listen to this, that game will have already been played. So good luck to you, Cowboys. Go Pokes. Uh, let's see here. Man. Lincoln Riley says, i I'm moving to California, did not expect that to uh, happen. Uh, Spencer Rattler also says, C-O-U, I'm not sure all you guys are that sad to see him go, but uh, yeah, that's a big change. What else? Uh, we got Ohio State losing to Michigan, they're out of the playoff picture, uh, man, Cincinnati looks like they're going to slide right in there and stay in the playoffs, All kinds of craziness in the college football world. and uh, Oh, one more thing. By the way, I finally tagged an Oklahoma Buck. That's right. I got my name on the board. A buck is down, and that is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to tell you guys that story, and then after that, because it's not a very long story, we're probably going to jump into some late-season tactics because that's what's coming up, and I absolutely love the late season. Y'all have heard me talk about it all year long and uh it's finally at that time so i know, i know a lot of people look forward to the rut i do too but for some reason late season is just when i seem to get it done so i still have an archery tag in my pocket uh man guys like i've i've just been a uh, <laughs> a rifle hunter this year i i feel weird um yeah two bucks down both of them with a rifle but uh i still got an archery tag and that's what i'm going to be concentrating on for the rest of the year And I can't wait to tell you guys about it. So that's what we got coming up today. That's what we're going to jump into. And we're going to get to that right now. Welcome to the show. Here we go. All right, so to start this story off, I have to go back in time just a little bit and tell a previous story, one that I'm not super proud of, one that I have not told a lot of people, but uh, it plays into this story, so I'm going to go back in time and tell it. So, uh, You guys have heard me talk about my buddy Jasper up in Idaho. He's been on the podcast. We've talked about kind of the differences between hunting up there and hunting down here, and uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, again, I went to school at the University of Idaho. Um, I met Jasper while I was up there, and we're kind of hunting buddies now, and so I'll go up there and hunt elk with him, and then he'll come down here and hunt deer with me. So 2019, Jasper came down. He also brought his dad and one of his dad's old hunting buddies that was kind of a mentor to Jasper back in the day. And so we had a great couple days of hunting. Uh, Jasper shot one the first day. Uh, His buddy Mike shot one the second day. And uh, we're getting on in the hunt. I think they came down for four days. We, We make it to day four. And his dad has not shot a buck yet, and so um, we still had two properties at this time. I take him over to the property that I'm hunting now, and I uh, put him in one stand. It's rifle season. I still have a tag that I haven't filled, so I drop him at one stand, and then I go hunt uh, another stand. And it's a it's a really cold morning, beautiful morning, um, but kind of early. You know, we get in the stand about six six thirty something like that. And uh, about 8, 8.30, before I would normally get down, especially during rifle season, uh, his dad texts me, and he didn't dress well enough. He's cold. He's ready to uh, to be done. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm being a host. I'll climb down. I'll come get you. So I climb down out of my stand. I uh, walk over, you know, to where I would parked the ATV, and just as I'm about to get in it, I look up, and there's a 10-point buck looking me in the face headed my direction. Uh, he looks stunned, obviously. Um and he turns around and bolts, and so I of course go running over the hill after him. Uh, I look up, uh, he's got a doe, he's rutting super hard, he's chasing her. They're running all over the place, and I do something that I still to this day kick myself for. I try to take a, a shot at this running whitetail buck. He's about uh, probably 150 yards. I don't have a rest. Um, I've shot a lot of running hogs in my day. Um. But a deer's just different. They're faster. They, you know, hop as they run. Uh, again, I'm not proud of it. I let my, you know, emotions and my adrenaline get the best of me. And I took a running shot on this buck. And uh, I knew right away that I'd missed. Um, I still went over there and did my, you know, due diligence, looked for blood, never found any blood. I know that he's okay. I'm very confident that I missed uh, because I just wasn't confident in the shot. And uh, so this buck gets away. Um, I had some pictures of that buck, not a lot, but I had some pictures of that buck. Um, but it it was yeah, it just haunted me because one, he got away. Uh two, if I would have still been in that stand, I probably would have shot him. And three, I took a running shot at a buck and that's just not something I like to do. So, I did get a random picture of that buck in like late December, early January, something like that. So, I knew he was fine. I confirmed that I'd missed him. Um, but he wasn't a buck that you know had like lived on the place you know he kind of came for that late october through november time frame and then left and you know he randomly came by one of my cameras in january and got a confirmation that he was still alive but that was about it so 2020 rolls around and uh you know i have that buck in mind i i'm hunting this place a little harder i have a few more cameras out No sign of him whatsoever. And so, uh, you know, I didn't think that one shot, especially with as hard as he was, you know, chasing the doe, I didn't think that one shot affected him. But basically, I'm thinking I missed my shot. You know, he came to our place during the rut looking for does. Uh, I didn't get him killed. And then the next year, he just didn't wander under our place. So kind of he's out of sight, out of mind. So that brings us to 2021. So 2021, I'm you know running my cameras like I always do. I, actually, I'm running more cameras this year. I'm getting my inventory together. And coming into November, I basically have two shooters. I have a nice nine point, which is the buck that came into uh, range right after daylight a few weeks ago or last week. And then I have a nice tall 10 pointer. He's one that I've been after for... A couple years now, uh, very elusive. He doesn't live on us. He just kind of wanders through now and again. I would be absolutely ecstatic if I killed him, but I know, like, I've, I've told a buddy not long ago that I've given myself a 2% chance of killing this buck. Like, it's just probably not going to happen, but I can't help but chase him because he's a nice deer. So, uh, anyway, so, again, uh, November 14th is when I shot my Texas buck. I went out to Texas because things had just seemed pretty dead uh, in Oklahoma. Um, most of you have probably listened to Midwest type stuff and everybody talks about November 7th, like November 7th is a great day to hunt. The reason that's a great day to hunt is because it's right before peak breeding. So, you know, lots of does are about to come in, bucks are super excited. Well, you know, obviously you take a, you know, a few days after that and you're getting into peak breeding. And so that's why it was probably slow that weekend of the 14th, 13th, 14th, whatever, Um, is because bucks were actually locked down, actually breeding does. Does were coming in, and bucks were breeding them. Well, you know, after a buck gets done breeding a doe, you know, he usually stays with her for like 48 hours. He's going to go try to find another one. And so that week, cameras were starting to kind of slowly pick back up. I was getting a lot of movement. Uh, Not a lot of movement, but, you know, some movement, still getting some mature bucks. And uh, I told you guys last week that uh, the 10-point that I was after was just making all kinds of laps. He was 1.1 miles this way, 1.1 miles that way. He was everywhere in between. And that was true, but I discovered uh, a few days before I killed my buck that uh, another buck had shown up. And basically what was happening, like, I was going through my pictures and I was seeing this, you know, nice 10-pointer, and I just automatically assumed that it was that 10-pointer that I've been after. Well, after I, so you guys, again, last week y'all heard me talk about, um, you know, I I had that buck come in Saturday evening, the nine pointer that I didn't shoot because it got too dark. Sunday morning, I had that awesome morning. I saw three different mature eight points. Um, I was holding out. Uh, I finally decided I was going to shoot the third eight pointer. The neighbor shot and scared him off. And then that was the last buck I saw. Well, after that hunt, I did something that I only do twice a year. I... Y'all hear me talk about the canyon all the time, the big draw. It's not really canyon, but that's what I call it. Um, I drove down into the canyon, and I checked the camera that I keep down in the bottom. I only checked this one time during the middle of the rut, which was, was right then, and then I check it at the end of the year. That's the only time I go down there. <clears throat> and uh, I learned that trick from Bill Winkie. Uh, Bill Winky is a, a firm believer that when the, when the actual hardcore rut is going on, Basically, you can get away with doing things like that. And so, Bill said, you know, normally he'll only check your camera every, you know, 10 days to two weeks, but during the rut, he will check his cameras like every two days. Um, just so he knows what is happening right then. Uh, the deer aren't paying as much attention to the human scent, and so he'll get very aggressive with his cameras when the actual rut is going on. And so, every year during the middle of the rut, you know, about this time, basically right around rifle season. I'll go down into that canyon. I'll check the camera. Well, I'm checking the camera, looking through the photos, and I see this ten point. And again, once again, my mind immediately goes to like, oh, that's the ten. But then I started looking at the at the picture a little closer, and something just didn't look right. And I noticed that the G fours were really short. And so I I zoomed in. And I was like, man, that just doesn't look right. And I went back on my phone, and I'm looking through older pictures. And I find the buck that I'm talking about, and he has really nice G4s. Go back to the picture I was just looking at in the bottom of the canyon, no G4s. And so that got me to to wondering, you know, what I'd been looking at. So I went back back through a bunch of my other cameras, and yes, that original 10-point had been, you know, going all over the place. He'd been on a bunch of those cameras. But (laughs) there was another 10-point with these shorter G4s. So it dawned on me all of a sudden, like, hey... These are two different bucks. I should have realized it way before. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was laziness or haste or what, but I was just automatically assuming that this 10-point was this other 10-point. Well, come to find out. It's two different bucks. And I didn't put it together, uh, honestly, until after I killed the buck that it could have been that buck that I missed in 2019 because he was the same way. I still have those pictures. He had really nice G2s, really nice G3s, little bitty G4s. And so, obviously, y'all probably figured out, coming back to the circle, this is that buck. I am 99% sure that this is that buck I missed in 2019 that I had pictures of, and I think he came back. So, so I, I ruined it a little bit, but I'm going to keep talking about the story. So, so again, I don't realize it's him, but I realize that there is another mature buck on this property. So, he bumps up to the hit list uh you know he's in the top three i don't really rank them necessarily one two three uh especially by size if anything i rank them more on how killable i think they are Uh, like that 10 point he is bigger than that nine point i've been after but i think he's less killable and so i have the nine point higher than him on the hit list because i think i might actually be able to kill him this buck i didn't really know where to put him uh if anything he was probably towards the bottom because uh he just shown up he wasn't super regular um, but, I, again, as I was going back through all these photos, I realized he had been around quite a bit over the past, like, week. And so so I found that out. Uh, that was, what, Sunday? Uh, the first Sunday of, um, of rifle season. And so I have to go back home, of course. So after I find this picture and make this big realization that it's a new buck, I have to go home. Uh, I work Monday and Tuesday. Again, this is Thanksgiving break. I work... I, actually, no, I don't have to work Wednesday. So my boss actually took off Monday to go deer hunting. He'd hunted that first weekend. And uh, and so he missed Monday. So we're both there on Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, I'm realizing we're kind of slow. You know, people are like our contractors and stuff are starting to kind of leave for Thanksgiving break. And uh, I kind of like start, you know, laying the hints like, hey, you know, it doesn't seem like we're that busy and blah, blah, blah. And so he lets me off to go hunt on Wednesday. So Tuesday evening, drive out to the ranch. Uh, I hunt Wednesday, and it was super slow. (laughs) Um, I Actually, I hunted my dad's, our our old property that we're selling uh, Wednesday morning um had a crazy weird like neighbor brawl going on there if you guys are following me on instagram you heard about uh some guy right after daylight was like shooting a bunch of shots with an ar and then he was blowing up tannerite and apparently like the only explanation for it is that he was trying to screw over his neighbor i don't know if the guy put a stand too close i don't know if he shot over the fence or what but anyway got caught up in that so that was wednesday morning wednesday evening i went back uh, to my main property that i've been hunting sat and I don't think I saw a single deer uh Wednesday. And so again, we're kinda in that weird lockdown phase. Um I know that a lot of bucks are not necessarily up on their feet, but this could be the time that you catch that big one. So Wednesday goes by, don't see a single deer. Drive home. Uh we got Thanksgiving on Thursday. Had an awesome time with the family. We had lunch with my wife's family. Her mom was in town and everything. And then we had dinner with my family. So back-to-back Thanksgiving meals. Definitely not going to complain about that. Had a great time. And then some of you may remember from last week. I was actually planning to take my great-uncle hunting uh, from Friday to Sunday after Thanksgiving. But it ended up not working out. Uh, his family, you know, had their thing going. He wasn't able to come. And so I was planning to leave about lunchtime on Friday, but because I wasn't taking him, I spent a little bit more time with my wife's family. Again, her mom lives out of town and she was in. And so hung out with him for a while longer, ended up leaving after dinner. So drove up Friday night and Saturday, a front was hitting. So Saturday morning, it was going to be a north wind. Um, and then they were talking about rain later in the day. And so I was really struggling whether I thought Saturday morning or Yeah, Saturday morning was going to be good or not. Um, Man, I'm starting to believe more and more that those cold fronts are not as good as most people think they are. I think I even mentioned last week that I saw an article about um, basically hunters liking cold fronts, but deer not. Um, I'm starting to believe that more and more. Um, It just seems like the last couple fronts I've hunted, I haven't seen that much activity. And so Friday, but you know, obviously still hunted, so woke up earlier than normal I wanted to be out there nice and early got out there Saturday morning and I was sitting in a stand it was actually where my buddy Randy had shot his buck and where I'd uh, had that great morning a week before um but that stand like I said it's an old metal stand that was actually there when we bought the property it's blown over the door is gone it doesn't have any window like the metal just stops and then you got a roof and so there's n- not much protection from the wind. Uh, but it is a nice elevated, you know, platform to hunt out of, and so I froze Saturday morning. Uh, it was—it actually temperature-wise, it wasn't the coldest morning that I had sat, but that north wind was just, just like cutting like a knife. I—I um, I did see one doe and one spike Saturday morning, but that's it. I was a little disappointed with that, but like I said, I wasn't sure how that front was hitting and going to affect it and everything. Um, so I hunted till about 10 Saturday morning again, like, you know, I'm trying to sit, sit out there longer. Um, I didn't think it was worth sitting all day. Um, but I sat till 10, ran back, got some lunch and everything, and then got back out there nice and early. Now for the evening hunt, again, I'm checking the weather and it said that there was an 80% chance of rain, but it was only for like an hour and a half or something like that. I think the rain was supposed to start about three and clear out about 4, 4.30, somewhere in there. You know, I'm looking at the hourly forecast. And so I actually wore my rain pants because I'm expecting it to rain. Um, I have my rifle still. I have my backpack. I actually, I brought my camera with me, but I actually took it out and left it at the truck because as I'm about to hop on the four-wheeler and drive back to my stand, it actually starts sprinkling a little bit. Um, and so I'm like, man, it's about to pour down. And so... I have my rain pants on. I have my rubber boots on. Uh I put my rain jacket in my pack just in case. I put my, you know, extra warm coat in there because it's still pretty chilly. Wearing a sweatshirt. Hop on the four-wheeler. And, and I start heading back, you know, again, nice and early, trying to get in there. And things just felt good. Again, this so this is Saturday, I believe, November twenty seventh. Um, headed back. It's it's cloudy, it's overcast. The front has kind of pushed through uh, again, it's supposed to be raining, um, and so I'm kind of prepared for the rain. And I was going to sit that same stand I had set that morning, the the open one on the big hillside on the saddle. Again, if y'all been you know following me on Instagram, I've shown this saddle a couple different times. That's where I wanted to be. It's just a great place for deer to move, move back and forth. I did put in like a very small, like maybe quarter acre food plot that was coming in real nice, um, but. Again, like I said, that blind is not completely enclosed. There's no windows. It's very open, no door. And so I'm I'm expecting it to start pouring down rain at any second. And so I decided to go past that spot back to the very back. And again, if you've followed me on Instagram, you've probably seen this in the past. It's a large three-acre food plot. I have one of those round poly crivelman blinds uh and i have a feeder like i'm it's the feeder is set up for a bow shot again that Crivelman blind it has the vertical windows um but i i have never seen a single mature buck actually like jump into the feeder pin and eat at this feeder but it's still a good rifle spot because the mature bucks will come out into the food plot they'll skirt the edge they'll skirt downwind you know uh smelling for does and stuff so it still makes a good rifle spot even though I don't expect a buck to actually come to the feeder. Um, you know, the feeder's kind of there to attract the does. Does are there to attract the bucks. And obviously I still have the food plot. So kind of as a little backup. So it's still a good spot, but again, kind of the only reason I'm hunting this spot is because it's enclosed and I think it's going to rain. So get in there early, sitting in the blind again, I didn't bring my camera cause I, I was afraid it was going to start raining on me on the way in. Um, and, I just immediately start seeing deer. There was actually one doe in the food plot as I walked up. Um, she she spotted me. Unfortunately, she ran off blowing. But again, I got in there nice and early, so I wasn't too concerned. Settle into the blind. Um, a really really nice young buck come in. Like uh, man, I want to call him two and a half just because his rack was so nice. But looking at his body, like I really think he was only a year and a half year old. He had nine points. I mean, pretty decent sped, spread, like, not one I was tempted to shoot, but, I mean, for his age, like, he was really nice, so he came all the way to the feeder, ate for a little while, jumped out, left, and then, uh, as he's leaving, I see a doe come out into the food plot, I was like, sweet, doe comes out, a few minutes later, a doe and a fawn come out, two more does, a few minutes later, another one, so I got four does out in the plot, and I'm like, alright, this is setting up good, like, deer moving Things are just kind of coming into line. Well, the deer come out. They come out to the food plot. They don't come up to the feeder, but they're out in the plot, which, again, I can shoot the whole plot, so that's okay. And they're out there, and nothing's happening. Like, I mean, the deer are out there. They're eating, uh, but no other deer coming out. It's getting later and later. Time's winding by. They're still out in the plot. No other deer. And it gets down to about 30 minutes or so left in daylight, And, uh, I see one of these does start running and I'm like, oh boy. And I get all excited, pull my binoculars up and out comes a little Forky, a little two by two. And he's chasing these does all over the place. Just having a grand old time, time of his life. But you know, they're not having it. They're running from him and everything. So he chases them around for a few minutes. Finally kind of gets the picture that, you know, they're not going to have anything to do with him. And he starts heading towards the feeder. Does are still out in the plot. He comes over, jumps in the feeder pen. Does are still out in the plot, and uh, man, this guy, he is a corn hog. Like, he just starts going to town on all this corn. So, he's in the feeder pen, you know, nice and close. Does are still out in the in the plot, and again, it's just getting later and later. And like I said, it's very overclassed. It never actually rained. I was shocked. I thought for sure it was going to rain, but apparently the rain never crossed the Red River. It stayed off in Texas, um, so... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm checking my phone. It's, it's getting later, but not, you know, they're still shooting light or like legal light. Uh, But because it's overclassed, it's getting dark overcast. Sorry. I think I said that weird because it's overcast. It's getting darker earlier than it normally would normally would. And so a couple of the does actually leave the plot. They've already got their fill. There's one or two left and it's getting to the point to where like, it's kind of getting like, I can see them, but I can't see them real well. And it's getting dark enough that I actually start packing my bag. And so I'm, you know, putting my snacks and my grunt tube and uh, all that stuff up. Uh, I leave my binoculars out. Obviously, I still have my rifle, but my bag is packed up, ready to go. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm still going to sit till dark. And all of a sudden, I see the little Forky that's still in the feeder pen, raise his head, and look behind him. He's looking off towards the neighbor's place. And so I look out that window, not seeing anything, look again, and he's still, I mean, he is just dead set looking backwards, look out the window again, nothing, and I'm watching for a little way, don't see anything, look back at him again, he's still looking straight back, I mean, he's not eating, he's not doing anything, he's looking back, I look again out the left window, nothing, absolutely nothing, look back at the buck, he's still looking back there, so I'm like, man, like, I felt like it was a deer at first, but maybe it's just a coyote or something because whatever he's looking at, like he is looking at very, very intently and he is not taking his attention off of it. So I go to look at the the left window a fourth time. And this time all I see is frame. I just see big antlers standing right at the fence line, looking towards the feeder. And so I immediately uh, grab my binoculars as I look back, he's jumped the fence. He's now on our side, and he's walking straight in. So I reach up. I, I even had the window closed because, I, like I said, I was pretty much ready to go. It was still pretty windy. It was cold. And so as he's, I haven't even got a good look at him yet. I, but I reach up, and I open that window and get it ready. I kind of look you know, to my left again. He's jumping in the feeder pen. I'm like, what on earth? And, like, in, in years past, I have brought both my bow and my rifle to this blind like for this very thing because I was like, man, if one jumps in the pin, I have a good bow shot. I can save my rifle tag. I'll shoot him with my bow, uh, You know, nice big buck with my bow, easy shot, all that stuff. But I've done that so many times. And as I said earlier, I've never seen a mature buck jump into this feeder pin that I stopped bringing my bow. So I just have my rifle and this buck. Nice buck is at twenty yards. And I I immediately recognize him. Uh I you know, I see five on one side. He kind of turns his head. I see five on the other side. I, I'm looking at his body. Nice big body. I know he's mature. And uh I, I was pretty confident he was the short time for. Uh wasn't a hundred percent just because he he basically he jumped into the feeder pan and immediately turned away from me. So he's facing away, his butt's facing me. So he's at twenty yards, but he's facing away from me. I reach over, click my phone. I got ten minutes of legal light left. I was like, "Sweet, I'm good. I'm golden. Not gonna have the same thing happen that last weekend." And so I'm sitting there, and you know, I, I have my gun up. I'm waiting on him, and he's still facing away. And I was like, "You know, any second he's gonna take a step, turn, boom, done deal." Guys, he just kept eating. <laughs> he did not take a step. He sat or stood in the exact same spot for over three minutes, eating, facing away from me. Finally, he takes a step forward. I'm kind of getting on the gun, getting ready. He takes a few steps, hangs a right. And now he's directly behind the feeder. I I, I can't see him at all. I, his butt's sticking out a little bit, but I can't see him at all. And uh, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, I know time is going by. And I swear, if this buck is out here again and it goes past shoot, you know legal light and I can't shoot him, I'm going to be absolutely out of my mind angry. And so I, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm on the gun, I'm I'm trying to breathe, I'm staying calm. One good thing about the position he was in, I never got a great look at his antlers. Like, I didn't have enough time to just stare at his antlers and get nervous. Uh, You know, I was checking my gun, I was making sure I was zoomed out. Again, 20 yards, um, and finally, he steps out from behind the feeder, and like... I'm sitting there. I was like, is there some way I can use some other weapon behind, besides this 300 wind mag at 20 yards? But didn't have another option. He stepped out. He's in the clear. I know I'm legal light wise. And so I looked through my scope and I squeeze the trigger. Boom. He's down right there. Doesn't even make it out of the pin. I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'm really regretting not having my bow, but that's okay. I mean, like, if I would have killed him with my bow, awesome. Sweet. But I'm not that picky, you know. Like he's, I'm still gonna eat him. He's still gonna go on the wall. I don't care. I, you know, I was more than willing to use my rifle tag on a buck of that caliber, so absolutely no problem there. He's down. You know, I don't have to track him. He didn't run. My emotions just go nuts because, again, like it happened super sudden. But he was also in in front of me for several minutes, and I like my anxiety was building because. I knew it was getting darker. He wasn't cooperating. He wasn't presenting a shot. I wasn't going to shoot him in the butt. Like, I knew better than that. I learned my lesson. Uh, I wouldn't say I learned my lesson. I've never done that. But, like, I know not to do that. And so, just absolutely awesome. So, I give him a minute. I climb down, walk up to him. Absolutely no ground shrinkage. If anything, he's bigger than I think, which, you know, is always, always an awesome problem to have. And, uh, I just set everything down, set my phone down, set, you know, I, i even left my rifle in the blind cause I was very confident in my shot. I knew he was down and I just spent some time with him. Like just me and him, uh, I, I took in the whole moment, took in the whole hunt. That's something I learned long ago. Uh, you know, I, I killed a, a, a nice buck back when I was, I don't know, I was like 20 or something and I was so wrapped up in it and so excited that I just kind of, just kind of threw him in the truck and took him and you know, took pictures and everything like that. But I I didn't sit there and just enjoy the moment. I think I've talked about that before. And so just sat there, you know, looked at him, breathed it in, thought about all the hours I've put into this hunt all the time, you know, all the work I did this summer. And so it was just awesome to sit there and take it in. And, uh, and basically you just reap the benefits of all my hard work. And so, so that was that, um, after, you know, spent some time, I drug him out I took some sweet photos. Uh, actually, I, instead of trying to go through the whole fiasco of loading them by myself like I did in Texas, I just went and got my brother, and uh, he brought his kids. And you know, we kind of did like a fake recovery with the kids and let them you know look for the deer and everything. And then uh, got him loaded up, gutted out. The fun didn't stop there, uh, man. By the time we uh, you know got him loaded and down and gutted and let the kids play with him and everything, it was probably like eight thirty or something. And then uh, I had to go to town to get some ice and stuff, took him back to the house, uh, went ahead and, you know, caped him out and everything. Um, I, my Texas buck I took to the processor. I normally only take one deer a year to the processor, you know, pay for it, and I get some, you know, breakfast sausage and jerky and cool stuff like that. But after that, I usually butcher them myself just to save a little money, and and I kind of enjoy doing it, and so... Uh, went ahead and caped him out. Um, uh, Amy at primetime taxidermy who was on the podcast a few weeks ago is going to do a shoulder mount for me. I already dropped it off with her. Um, got all the meat in the cooler. Uh, by the time I was done, it was like midnight and, uh, just as, as a little cherry on top because for some reason things always seem to go awry after I get a buck killed. Uh, I got him, you know, in the cooler and everything. I'm driving back to the house. I go through an electric fence gate, uh, because of course we have cattle everywhere, open the gate, drive over it like I normally do. Well, of course, the wire had bunched up and caught on my truck's running board. So I'm driving through and pop! And I look back and the gate had caught on my running board and I broke the gate. So I had to go turn the fence off, come back. I'm sitting there, you know, at midnight with my headlamp, fixing the electric fence and everything. Get it done, hook it back up, and uh, and finally get to bed. And so... Yeah. Amazing story. Amazing buck. Amazing year. Uh, still have an archery tag in my pocket. Like I mentioned, can't wait to do that. I'm going to talk about late season hunting here in just a second. But, uh, man, what a, what a relief. Like I said, I don't, for some reason I just put pressure on myself again. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like, it's not because I have to kill a buck. It's not because I have to do this thing, but I feel like I do feel some pressure. Uh, Not because of this podcast, like I just, I enjoy hunting so much. Um, I put so much time and money and effort into it that I just want to feel like I get some of that back. And when I kill a buck, I feel like I get that back. And, you know, I I really enjoyed shooting that buck in Texas. You know, I enjoyed that hunt. I enjoyed the time out there, Um, but doing it myself on my own property it just has a whole nother feel to it, and so getting this done was just awesome, and I'm super excited about it. I'm so ready to get out there and keep hunting. Man, the fact that, I I know a lot of people don't like the fact that Oklahoma gives you two buck tags uh, because they feel like it hurts the you know quality of the hunting and everything, but man, I, I love the fact that we get two buck tags because I, I can't imagine being done right now, you know? Like, I've already killed two bucks, you know, one in Oklahoma and one in Texas, and I'm still ready to go. Like, I still want to get out there and still keep hunting, and so, so yeah, that is the story of my 2021 rifle buck, and now we're going to kind of transition, and I'm going to talk real quick about a few late season tactics that I'm going to do in order to film my 2021 archery tag. All right, hard transition here. Let's talk late season real quick, so... This podcast is going to drop December 6th. So, rifle season just ended yesterday. Uh, we're coming into December. And if I had to give you guys any advice for these first, you know, probably two weeks of December, it would be take it easy. Uh, I'm not going to say don't hunt, but it's probably better not to hunt. Um, this time is just, it's just, one, it's really, really hard. There's not a lot of movement um bucks have just come out of the rut they're really depleted uh they you know have lost a lot of weight they've used a lot of energy and this is the time you know the does have cooled off they're you know not really coming into uh, estrus or anything like that and this is just a very slow time in the deer woods uh in fact if you guys are familiar with don higgins i think i've quoted him before up in illinois uh he's killed Man, a lot of big deer. Uh, I think he's got three or four over 200. I don't know how many booners. And uh, he calls these first two weeks of December the worst time to hunt of the entire year. And I completely agree with him. Again, like, bucks are just coming out of the rut. They're they're worn down. They're tired. Um, the does are sick of being chased. They're hunkered down. They found their little hidey holes. They don't want to be, you know, bothered by bucks anymore. Bucks don't want to bother them in the first place. And so, and, you know, more than likely, you're probably a little worn down too. I sure know I am. I don't know if y'all have noticed my voice tonight. I'm fighting off a cold. I have been running and gunning. I've been like five weekends in a row now. Um, My wife called me while I was gone this weekend. I was like, hey, like next weekend, can we actually spend some time together? Um, And I bet your wives and husbands, whoever, are missing you guys too. And so this is just a great time to recoup, you know, take a rest, uh enjoy some family time you know take your significant other out on a date um and just relax because that's what the deer are doing right now they're laying low they're filling their bellies a a little bit not a lot they're really just hunkered down resting and so do the same thing take a rest and then about mid-december you know somewhere around like the 18th something like that that's when it's time to kind of start picking it back up um One thing you should check if you're running feeders, go check them and make sure they're full, make sure they're running. Because that could be a very key detail to killing a buck late season. Because bucks late season are going to be after food. You know, honestly, late season tactics and early season tactics are pretty darn similar. But one thing that's different about late season is food is way more concentrated. That's why I think it's one of the best times of the year to kill a buck. Because, you know, if you're in a a farming area, more than likely those crops have been taken out. Um, You know, if you're in a ranching area, you know, a lot of places are planting winter wheat. That stuff is probably growing. Uh, You know, a lot of the other forage is gone. And so you have, you know, some concentration on those wheat fields. If you're farming, you know, maybe you left a little bit or you planted a food plot because you're a hunter. Um, whatever it is, you know, you have very concentrated food, and that's what makes hunting late season so good. If you don't have that advantage of having, you know, a crop field or anything, again, feeders are great sources of food. Uh, but again, part of the reason I'm saying, oh man, I just again twice in a row, but you guys stay with me. Uh, uh, part of the reason a feeder can be such a good spot is because there's no food. But You want to stay off those feeders. You know, right now, let's say bucks still are coming to those feeders. I would bet you a whole lot that you're getting nighttime pictures at those feeders right now. Uh, It's because they just don't want to be bothered. You know, rifle season, there's more pressure on those deer during rifle season than any other time of the year. For multiple reasons. One, you have more rifle hunters than you have bow hunters. But also in Oklahoma, Rifle season falls over the holiday. So you have people off work. You have people, you know, wanting to get out with family and do something, wanting to get outside. And so there's just a whole lot of pressure on deer right now. And so, again, deer trying to recover. Just stay out of the woods. Stay away. Let that pressure subside. Subside? Is that a word? <laughs> let that pressure go away. And uh, and just leave it to the deer. So, again, go check your feeders. Make sure they're running You know, check your timers after daylight savings time, make sure they're full and then just leave them alone because the best thing you can do is let a buck get very, very comfortable around a food source. That's how I've had all the success. You know, I've killed bucks over feeders. I've killed bucks over food plots. I've killed bucks in, you know, acorn areas, but the big key is they have to feel comfortable. Because this time of year, I think more than any other time of the year, a buck will get on a pattern. He you know, will find his food, he'll find his water, he'll find his bed, and he will just make a very constant circle. He will bed, he will eat, he will drink, he will bed. He will eat, he will drink, he will bed. Over and over again. And so, yeah, get your food source. Again, be it a feeder, a food plot. Uh, you know, acorns, um, maybe you got like a late budding fruit tree of some kind, um, standing soybeans, whatever it is, find that food source. And for now, stay away from it, but get ready to hunt it late season. Um, you know, water this time of year, probably not your best bet to hunt over because, you know, it's not hot. Um, bucks can find water pretty easy. You know, they would rather drink out of a little low spot in the stream than a big pond, Um, you know, maybe if you're out West water might be a little bigger deal. I'm not sure. I don't have a ton of, you know, experience hunting out West. Um, but food 100% is where it's at. Um, you know, one of the bucks I have on my wall over here, we had planted some oats for fall grazing and then, you know, to cut for hay in the spring, it got super cold one. I think I'm trying to remember the date I killed him. I think I killed him. I would have been like January 6th, 8th, I don't know, I've killed multiple bucks in January, so I'll lose track, but, uh, you know, uh, I was just hunting a little fence corner, we had oats out there growing up through the Bermuda Bermuda pasture, I think I saw, like, 12 deer that evening, and the last one was out, was this nice 10 point, boom, got him, and so, find your food And if you have a cell camera, those things are worth their weight in gold right now. Set a camera up over it and just wait. You know, just let it happen. The later than the year it gets, the colder it gets, the more desperate that buck gets for food, the more of a pattern he's going to get on, the more likely he's going to come out in daylight. Once again, you're going to have way less pressure. Like so many people stop hunting after rifle season ends. And, you know, a lot of them probably filled their tag. Um, I I would love to know the statistic on how many people fill both buck tags for a year. I bet you it's not very high. Uh, you know, I think even people who archery hunt in the early season, if rifle season comes along and they shoot a buck during rifle, uh, you know, maybe they'll shoot a buck and a doe. They got their meat for the year and they're just done. There is so much less pressure late season. It is just crazy. I mean, I just I just know there is because I'm out there all the time. Because I, I love hunting. I stay out there. I don't run into people. Um, obviously, you're not hearing shots because it's not rifle season. But you can just tell there's less people out there. And the deer just get so much more comfortable. And so, you know, I've been encouraging you guys to stay after it, to not give up hope. And I really mean that because late season can be absolutely awesome so so yeah i feel like i didn't give a ton of tips but mostly it's rest right now let things calm down don't get impatient again last year i filled both my buck tags and i killed my first buck on january 1st (laughs) you can still get it done guys don't worry but the the worst thing you can do is get nervous and overhunt your area overhunt your stands put too much pressure uh, you know, get in there deep because you're getting worried and feel like you have to get in there. Don't do that. Now is the time to back off. Now is the time to relax. Let things go back to normal. Let things calm down. And let those deer settle down. And then, when they least expect it, January 1st, whatever it is, you go in there for the kill. One time, one kill. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. So that's my late season tips for you guys. Short, sweet, easy. I'll probably have some more for you guys later on, but that's just what came to mind. It's all about food, guys. It's food and leaving the deer alone, letting that pressure go away. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. That is absolutely all my voice can handle. I'm struggling now. Uh, like I said, been fighting off this cold, so that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I am taking my wife out this weekend to do some hunting for the last weekend of Rifle. She's been wanting to spend some time together. I love hunting. She wants a deer. So we're going to go hunting, and that's how we're going to spend our time together. So, man, I got to keep her. I know it. She is awesome. She has put up with me this whole season, these last, uh, you know, five, six weeks, whatever it's been. She has been an absolute trooper, and we're having a baby. I thought I'd throw that out there here at the end. (laughs) Yeah, we are pregnant. I'm going to be a father. This is our first child. Man, I can't wait. Uh, Deer season is going to be a little different from now on, but I'm very excited for that. So we're having a baby. Thought I'd throw that out there. That's all I can handle. My voice is dying. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week.